Welcome to Chasing Happiness podcast about life lessons and issues that impact our lives. Some of the best episodes are where we take an honest look at current events, discuss how they might affect you, all while being completely transparent in tone from host Ryan Dement who tells his stories with honesty combined with humor for your listening pleasure. Let's get to it, here is your host Ryan Dement. Hey guys, Ryan DeMent from Chasing Happiness Podcast. I hope you guys are having a great day. Another installment of the podcast. And I have a special guest, Roger. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks, Ryan. I'm glad to be here and excited to share with the audience. Thank you for coming on. You have a very interesting story <laughs> and we connected. And it, I, I have to say, I am quite amazed of what you've done so far. Many people don't take these steps, but before we get there, I want to, that was a little bit of a teaser, sorry, but I want to get into a little bit about your background, what you've done before all these changes happened. Yeah. So I was a uh, youth worker. I did um, youth ministry as a youth pastor. I did uh, nonprofit work as well as educational background as a teacher as well. So been doing that for about 30 years almost before last October when I made some changes. In my- That's cool. So last October, you made this huge change. So why don't we start with the, I guess, the ultimate event that kind of, you you tell it. Yeah, But sure. the event that kind of started it all off. Yeah. Like most people, I was stuck at home throughout the lockdown, which I gave me a little bit more time to think about who I was. And then December of 2020, I had a heart attack. And which propelled that thought process a lot more. And just looking back at that 30-year-long career, and I really said to myself, what do I want to be known as? Like when I'm all said and done, what do I, what do I want people to know me for? And those kind of traumatic events caused me to think about my life. I've always been defined by my work, by what I did, how I sold my labor and who I sold it to. We always ask people when we first meet them, what do you do? And the, the response is typically whatever we do to sell our labor and who we sell it to. That's where we wind up showing our self-worth. And I wanted my self-worth to be more than just those 40 hours that I sold someone and labor to, to make money. And so the immediately went to all my social accounts online and changed my job title to head crosser offer of my bucket list and decided that I was going to start pursuing my bucket list as a, as that's what I wanted people to be, what's what I wanted to be known for by people. So what got you there? What, that's a huge, that's a huge moment in anybody's life, but what really, was it the heart attack? Was it the lockdown? What got you there? Yeah, I think there's a little lot of combination of, of all those things and just 30 years of, of doing my, of doing the same job and just really trying to decide when it all, when it all said and done and, and I push out this mortal coil, what do I want to be known for? And so that's why I took that step. Uh, it wasn't like I quit my job right then. Um, still was, still was working, but I wanted the, the next time someone asked me what did, I was going to I was determined that I was going to say, I crossed things off my bucket list. That's not typically what we do. Usually when we're asked that question, we're not asked about those 70, 80 hours outside of work and sleep that we're for what we're known for. Sometimes it happens if you're, that's your main role or, you know, something like that. But usually it's about our job and I love my job. I love doing my job and did it well most of the time. <laughs> I hope 95% of the time I did it well. And, and I loved working with young people and helping them uh, think about their futures and what was going on in their lives, decisions that they were about to make becoming adults. And that is all great, but it just seemed like to me that I was being 
gosh, how do I say this? Guilt is into doing that work. It's with whether it's a nurse or any kind of service position or nonprofit work or education. We're always guilted into, you can take a lesser salary or you can work extra hours because you get so much benefit from doing this job for personal benefit. And, and I really kind of stepped back from that and said, I do, but it's still a job. I, I still, I still very tired and worn out when I come home and I've used all my words for the day. And so I, so it was really eating into the other parts of my life. And I wanted to start putting boundaries um, between my work and the rest of my being. And that's not really what corporations and institutions want us to do. They want us to have work-life balance which really doesn't exist because the, the 40 or 50 that you sell in labor is never going to equal that 70 or 80 that you have in the rest of your life. I, I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not a mathematician by any stretch of imagination. So that's a great story that you're telling, Roger. So when you got to that point where you said that you are ready to start living life with intention and start checking off life events, how did you start putting that all together to make that work for you? Yeah, I think the first thing was that I, you know, I'd always had this bucket list in my head and it was swirling around and it was competing with so many other things, whether that's work or family or grocery lists or whatever it is. I had these things that I wanted to do, but had never written them down. So that was the first thing I did was I grabbed a piece of paper and I wrote a bucket list on the top of it. And I just started writing things that I had felt over the years that I had wanted to do or had told people that I wanted to do. And I think that's the real starting point. I mean, it seems so simple, but a lot of us, I think, have those ideas or thoughts, but we never write them down. And so just getting out a piece of paper and putting a bucket list at the top of it or a life goal list, I don't care what you call the list, but having that list physically around so that you can add, subtract, um, or cross things off when you want to, I think is super important because it actually gives it a space besides trying to float around in, in your brain. And so that was the first thing I did. And for me, it was, I had to really look at that list and say, what's something big that I can do that will prove to myself that I can do that. I think that everybody's got their own needs of, of how to get started and different ways to do that. For me, it was, I had to tackle something big. Haven't always been the most disciplined person in the world and decided that if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it big. I had been talking all the time about doing the Camino de Santiago uh, for probably 10 or 11 years and traveling in the midst of the pandemic and saving the money and doing all those things it would take, taking off the vacation, because that takes 30 to 35 days to, to walk across Spain like that. So it was something that I knew I had to put together and really do something big so that I could prove to myself, prove to other people that, yes, I can do this. So was that your first big event that you wanted to check off and you actually, that was the first that you actually did? Yeah, I did that August of um, 2021. And it was, yeah, that was the, the first big thing. I, you know, for me, bucket lists don't have to be all these major things that are uh, super adventurous and crazy and outside the box. A bucket list can be just about anything you want. It could be learning a new skill. It could be like cooking something or it could be relationship-based. I haven't talked to this person in a long time and I want to reconnect with them. For me, it was that one big thing I knew I needed to you know, show myself that I could do it and that's why I did it. But I think it depends on what will bring people the most joy on where to start and where to focus on. And I, you know, I have a friend that just has a, a bucket list full of uh, learning recipe, Thai recipes. 
that's what she wants to do. She wants to learn how to cook Thai food really well. And so hers just consists of a bunch of different recipes that she wants to try. So that's that. It's not a trip to Spain, but it still holds the same weight to me because it brings her joy. My trip brought me joy, and her learning those recipes brings her joy. I have a friend that uh, he wants to visit every state with the intention of playing around a golf in all 50 states. And oh, I that's cool. Stand, yeah, but I can't stand golf. It's not. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't like golf at all, but I love the fact that's what he's excited about, and that he that brings him joy, and that that completing that list will be good for him. So for him, he's starting off with close by states to him, so that he can get the, easily get those done. Right, he can just drive three or four hours and hit four or five, six states, and get four or five knocked out. And that's good for him that he can start small and then move on to like having to figure out how to play golf in Alaska. So everybody's list is different and certainly not going to judge anyone's what that anyone has in their list because I don't want anybody to judge mine. But I did start with the Camino de Santiago. It was a major feat, not just because, not normally it would be, but just even during the pandemic, just the added the stipulations and requirements that were required just made it uh, a little bit more tougher. So I think I had, a, I had a, added a little bit more pressure to myself picking that one, but I think it was, I think it was the right choice. That's awesome. For me, what you did is inspiring, but also some of the listeners are going to say it's extreme and you've already talked about everyone's list is different. I agree. And I think that's really cool. I think the step that I want to discuss a little bit further is you got to the point where you're saying enough is enough and you quit your job that yeah. most people are not going to do that. And, and, and that's sure. everyone's different. I get it. And that's here nor there. That's great that you did. So how can somebody balance that need of trading their services for money, but also <laughs> still start checking off items on their bucket list or things that they want to do so they can, they can start attaining that joy in there. And it's, and yeah, definitely not everybody can quit their job and take a year off uh, from selling your labor to other people. I get that. I understand it. Not everybody has the privilege of having a, a decent retirement funds that they can tap into or, or deplete uh, in my face um, and so to do this kind of thing. But there's lots of other ways to live in such a way. It's all about choices. And part of, I didn't quit, before I did this Camino, I hadn't quit my job. And so I did that afterwards. So I was working during that time period. And for me, it was, I had to say, okay, how many months do I have before my, before I want to do this? And then I took the budget for the, the complete trip and said, okay, how many, how much a month do I have to save to make this work? And it was, I think it was six grand over overall. So I took the amount of months that I had in between the trip and in the, and when I started saving and I just figured out how much a month I needed to save and I put that money away each month. And when I had enough money to do the next thing on the list that needed to be paid for, whether it was an airplane ticket or equipment or booking hostels or whatever it was, once I got the money to be able to do those things, then I took that out of savings and did it until I had enough that I had money for daily expenses while I was out on the trip. So there's a way you can do it as long as you're prioritizing that and how you spend that's for me i tend to try to live as small as i can i don't buy a lot of stuff i don't have a lot of stuff and so i i live as small as i possibly can so that i can have the margin uh, financially to be able to do the things that i really want to do and, and I, somebody once said it's the difference of things versus experiences and you have to make that choice of what's more important to you 
Exactly. And unfortunately, a lot of people are living to make payments on a monthly basis and keeping up with the Joneses. And right. I could have, I, I, I heard this quote somewhere and I might have, I might butcher it, but basically it needs to be internal gratitude versus external gratitude. And that's the piece that we seem to be missing in our lives. On the other side of my life, I do financial coaching and we also have a nonprofit and we help people understand that they can get out of the toxic relationship of money with money, right. I should say, and be able to get themselves into a home and be able to not live to make these payments to lenders and be in debt. And one of the biggest things is a, a lot of these individuals talk about is their negative uh, experiences with money from the past. And it just, it overwhelms them and consumes them through that whole, that whole journey. So until you can ac actually hit that point of, I want change, or I'm sick and tired, it just doesn't happen. And that's what it sounds like for you is it, I got sick and tired of working and I want to change my life, which you uh, awesome that you did. I, I really love the story and it, it's inspiring. It's just, I don't understand why a lot of people can't see that for themselves and bring joy to themselves. Is there anything that you can share with the psyche of where you were at in saying it's time for me to enjoy life and, and have joy that, got, that helped you through this process? Yeah, I think I say I'm on an adult gap year and most Americans don't understand what a gap year is, but it's a, it's a time typically in a young person's life, especially kids in Europe, where they actually take a year off in between graduating primary high school and going to college, or they take a year off after they finish university and before they go into the job market. And it's really a, a rite of passage. It's not sitting in your in your basement playing Nintendo or Xbox. It's you're actually going out in the world doing things, trying to discover who it is and what you are and what you want to do. And the, the problem in the States, I, I believe, is that, you know, we don't offer that point. We don't offer that point of entry into life for young people. It's amazing to me. A lot of people don't know that Harvard University, since 1975, has been sending a letter to every incoming freshman saying, if you would like to take a, a gap year, we will hold your application and your acceptance for a year and you can come to school next year. And, and, and what percentage of those individuals take advantage of that? I don't know. I imagine it's very slim. I imagine it's very slim, but it's, but I think it is probably slim because our culture, although we never really talk about it, it's for, especially for young people, it's, you need to do the best you can in high school so you get into the best school and get the best grades so you can get a degree so that you can find a job so that you can buy stuff. And there we go again. We're, ch we're chasing the Joneses. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and we don't really talk about it, but it's the it's the underlying message of almost everything our system does inside the education system, inside the job markets. And that is how we train up people is to be consumers. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. I mean, I collect comic books, right? I've got 1,200 comic books dating back to 1958, and I hold on to them. But that's about all of the that where I spend like extra money, maybe on tattoos too. But for the most part, <laughs> I prioritize experiences over stuff and we're not taught to do that because even experiences cost money right it costs money to go to a, a rock show it costs 
money to you know go out to dinner with friends. You're still a consumer. It's, it's what you're consuming. And so I was uh, on a podcast of a young gentleman who's probably 19 years old, and we were talking about this subject. And I said, for your generation, it's, you have to decide how many pair of Yeezys, how many pair of Jordans do you need? How would you, do, you, do you really want to sink money into a drifting car that's not going to, that you're not going to be able to sell for more? It's actually going to de- depreciate in cost, you know, in price over the years. If those things bring you joy, I understand that, but that the, the only joy you're going to have is owning those things. And so I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just, I, I was going to say very quickly, that is just the epitome of where we're at today. And we discussed that earlier. It's, it's, I don't, I call it sad because we live to have these things, like you said, but we don't want to have these experiences. And that's that internal gratification, that internal happiness that we don't have here in Phoenix, everybody and their brother has to have a fifth wheel and they have to have <laughs> all the toys that go with it. And some of these people are paying over $100,000 for a fifth wheel. They got to have the truck with it. They've got to have two or $300,000 worth of debt tied up in that outside of their house. And it's like, how do you live that way? And I, that, that's just where I digress. And that's having you on and having this, this perspective is great. And I think if it's used, I I was talking to this one, one young guy and he's, I have a goal of owning an airplane. He wants to own his own private jet. I don't bemoan him for owning his own private jet. If he buys a jet and sticks it in his driveway just so he can people can drive by and say, oh, wow, they've got a jet, that's probably not a good use of his funds or, or his <laughs> right? But if he's going to use that jet to take people and friends and family and take trips around the world and go places and do different things, then I'll, by all means, have a jet you know, and call me when you get it. Cause I'll, I'll be glad to go places with you. So it's, but it, it's, what do you do with those things? It's, you know, I feel a little bad about my comic book collection. Cause then after I buy a comic book, I put it in a board and bag and stick it in a box and I never see it again. And although that seems like crazy to some people, I, I have taken on the intention of completing that collection everywhere I travel. So if I go someplace in the United States, mostly, if I go someplace, I actually look for the comic book shops and take the time to away from whatever I'm doing there and take a little bit of time, go to a comic book shop and see if they have any issues. And then that becomes my souvenir from visiting New York or visiting Chicago or visiting St. Louis or whatever it is that becomes that comic book added to my collection becomes a part of that trip and those memories. And so it's, I think it's putting out the intention that you want to have an experience, right? Currently I'm in Matera, Italy, and I was walking around the city during my morning walk the other day and I passed by this door that I just happened to look at. And it's, and inside is this Michelin star rated restaurant. And I oh, wow. never, I've never been to a Michelin star restaurant before. I knew what it is, but I, I've never been to one. It's, it's only got one star, but that's okay. And so <laughs> I want to go, I want to experience that because I've never experienced that. But I, I wouldn't, if I wouldn't be out trying to cross other things off my bucket list, I wouldn't have the ability to 
get surprised by these experiences that I have. I uh, was up in Northern Italy a couple of weeks ago, took a trip to Milan to visit with some friends, got off the train and there's this big, huge sign that says Banksy exhibit. I love Banksy, the artist, the street artist. And I did not know, actually, I think I did know that the exhibit was there, but I thought it was going to be over by the time I got there and they extended the, the dates. So I was able to do that. But I didn't think that I was going to be able to do that. I didn't know I was going to be able to do that. It's one of the kind of um, enjoying things about taking the risk of just saying, I'm going to go out and go places and see things is that there's all these things that start happening to me and that I get to be a part of it. It's just, I never would have put that on my bucket list. I probably should have, but I didn't. And, but now because I put myself intentionally out in the world to be able to see things, there's all these things I get to do. The town I'm in right now, Matera, for some wild reason, has like six outdoor Salvador Dali sculptures. Dali's from uh, Spain. He's not from Italy. I don't know why this little town has these Salvador Dali statues, but it's just so cool. I never would have thought to be like, I want to, I want to put that on my bucket list, but I get to do it. And so I think that to me is the added benefit. There's so many times I think the mindset when we travel, especially as Americans, is that if I'm going to put out the money to go to this place, whether it's Tamarindo, Costa Rica, or Mexico City, Mexico, or Paris, France, that I'm going to, I have to, to, if I'm going, I have to see all these things. I have to do all these things that everybody always does. And for me, the intention is I just want to go wherever I'm going and find out what's there when I get there. I was recently in Rome and you know, I had so many people, oh, you're going to Rome. You got to see all this stuff. And it's, I, I walked, I think, probably 10 to, 10 to 11 miles in a single day, walked to all the typical tourist sites, took selfies, and then I'm out. Just so that people <laughs> know I've been there. I did not take a tour of anything. I didn't go into the Vatican. I didn't go into the Coliseum. But I was there. I took a selfie outside. And that was more for everybody else than it was for me because I just not into tourism I'm into experiencing what's around me and not having a like set plan, I think is a, is a good, uh, you can have a set plan of where you're going, but, but have be open to whatever experience is coming your way when you get there. Yeah. And that's where I think we fall off the the tracks out, as I would say, is because we, we have this set plan and it has to be this and this, but we don't actually stop uh, and take a look around of what we have when we're in these places. I, I enjoy cruises. I'm hoping to get on sure. one here in the near future. I'm not the whole COVID thing. It is what it is. And and I'm not, I'd rather go experience life. But when we go and, and we go to the Caribbean or Alaska, we don't just take the excursion tours. We find a local taxi cab driver or somebody local and say, hey, right. show us the places that most people don't go to. And let's experience your city, your town or whatever. And we've met some really nice people and some great people that are in these different countries and places that have so much to offer. And they're being missed by the majority of the population or the tourist group because they're off the beaten path and people don't look at that. And that's sad because they have some yeah. great things to offer. Even like traveling from one destination to another, even inside a city, if you're looking at your phone to to guide navigate yourself to the next place and, the, and it's that destination you'll miss something along the way if you're not looking up 
right? It's one of the things on, so here in Matera, I was walking through the city and I passed by this old church and, and there's just these stone skulls carved into the, into the side of the church. And if you don't stop and like really stare and look, you miss it. And those are the kind of things that just, wow, I, I love taking the time just to slow down and be able and not have to be on a schedule every day planned out and we're doing X, Y, and Z and we're moving from space. Just being able to have time to be slow down and look at things uh, and see new things. That was one of the things I did on my Camino is that multiple times it freaked people out as we were walking, but I would just stop and say, okay, it's break time. And I would turn around because you're constantly headed West the whole time. And I would turn around and look and take a picture. And then people were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I, I don't, if I don't turn around and look and intentionally do that, then I'm not going to see this vista ever. I'm not going to see this view. We all see this view ahead of us you know, in the direction that we're all moving. But if you don't stop a couple of times a day and turn around and look behind you, you miss something incredible. And, and so it's just taking that time and that effort of being more when you're and having the, the what I would call margin to be able to say, okay, I don't have to be at this next tourist place to the next five minutes i can take my time and just walk i love european walking cities that you just walk around in and, and the pace is just so much slower it doesn't seem like people are going from destination to destination at least local people and so i love just like strolling <laughs> you know? and like it's this. that's but you found that that place that you want to be in life and and we tend to not do that we're always going from point a to point b and we're missing everything in between in life. And I'm not just talking yeah. about travel. I'm just talking about life in general, because like you said, we're taught to be consumers, which is not, there's nothing wrong with that because consuming is fun, but also at the same time is it loses its purpose in, in, in luster to where we lose ourselves at times. Like I said earlier, is we're living to make payments on things, but even though you said we're using them, but Here's the thing is, how do you get out of that if you truly want to live life with purpose and be able to have intention and joy? If you have to continue to make payments on whatever you're using, whatever, and you start adding more to that, I don't know how much joy that brings when you're having, oh, there's the sure. next payment. And I think it would be like anything else financially, right? It's this, if you you make a choice, whether it's to buy a house or to experience some kind of part-time travel Whatever it is, you have to prepare yourself financially for that. I made a choice that I'm just going to rate my retirement fund and you know see how the year winds up. But other people may just like paying off other things so that you can get to the point where you have that margin, I think is also a thing. My partner and I talk about that with her all the time is that she has to intentionally say, okay, I'm going to pay off these things so that I have more margin to, to be able to do the things that I really want to do. So it might just like own, owning a house, it might take a couple of years to get enough money to put a down payment down or the needed amount of the down payment of the house kind of house you want to afford. It's the same thing, right? You're going to need to take time to get your finances in a position where you can say, okay, I can, I have margin out of my paycheck every month that I can do these other things. The real kicker for me is, is that a lot of us don't, because of the way we're taught and we're brought up that we talked about earlier, we don't start off our lives that way. We don't start off our, our thinking about that. We just buy. So that's really why I try to, to reach out to young people and say, you, the choices you make right now are going to dictate how, how you handle money are going to dictate the rest of your life for the next 30 years. And so yeah. what is it? How is it? Do you want to start right now 
with savings, with retirement funds. Cause I was, I think I was like 45 before I started like really saving in my retirement fund. And that's way too late because you could, if you start earlier, when you get in the job market and you start doing that, then, you know, 20 years passes by and you can stop putting money in if you want, because you'll have enough money to retire because of compounded interest. So it's, we just don't teach enough of that and cultivate enough of that for a consistently delayed gratification issue with money. Yes. And my guest on this week from Chasing Financial Podcast on the other side, did we talked about this and how these kids get uh, barraged at college mm-hmm. with all these credit card offers. And then they oh, come sure. out with student loan debts and they also come out with credit card debt. And now you're just living to make payments. And it's just right. it's sad that we have to do that. It's the instant gratification rule that can we delay it and find a way to be able to financially afford it but not put ourselves in a hole. And, and I think we've lost that whole vision oh, on yeah. how that actually works. Yeah, for sure. And, and the reasons and, and why, I think it's the, why do you do that? Why do you start, why do you start saving now for retirement? Why do you not spend all the money that you get each month and start putting some away to do some other things? And, and it's just, I get it. You know, if you're on social media, you're constantly bombarded with stuff on to buy. That's what it's for. It's, it's not for us to, to connect like we are the product right of social media sells <laughs> yeah. to the advertisers we're the product we're not the cons- we're not the consumer we're not the user we're the product and, yeah, and, and our, our, our job as a product is to buy stuff <laughs> yeah and it's sad that uh, social media runs our our lives and people think what happens on social media is real life and unfortunately it's not always yeah. that way so yeah, it's for sure it's a, it's a little tough. Roger, it, it's been a very uh, great honor to have you on and to hear your story and, and love to have you come back and tell more of it as it, sure. it unfolds. Anything you would like to discuss to close out with listeners, how they can go about their purpose and, and find that joy in their life? Yeah, just take the step. I mean, just take, like I said earlier, just get that sheet of paper out, put this is my life goal list, my bucket list. I don't care what you call it, but then start just imagining what it could be uh, and make sure that there are things that you can cross off. I think that's a big one. For me, they need to be actionable items. You have to be actually be able to do it um, for it to go on the list. It's not a dream board or a vision board and those things have their places in people's lives. I get that, but a bucket list or a life goal list you need to be able to actuate those items. It uh, can't be fantasy land. The one, the one story that I tell is that I, I've always dreamed of saying live from New York at Saturday Night Live during the cold open on Saturday night with the cameras rolling. That would just be so much fun to me. But there's only been a thousand people that have ever said those words on live TV. Less than a thousand people. And wow. so... So for me to be able to get to do that, I have to be Dwayne The Rock Johnson or Tom Brady or Michelle Pfeiffer or whoever. And and the, the chance that I'm ever going to get to that level of celebrity is pretty slim. I'd have to do a thousand other things just to get to that point. But I probably could become an extra on a Star Wars movie or TV show. I think I could probably make that happen. And so that is on my bucket list. I think that would be totally fun. And you can put a stormtrooper helmet on me and I'll fire my phaser and miss everything. It's fine. But I would just, I would love to do that. Just to be able to say that I was on a, on a set and was in, was in one of the shows or movies. But I, so I think that would take work for sure, but I think it's actionable. I can make it happen if I really try really hard. So I think that's a real key for people because the list is designed as a to-do list and you need to cross things off a to-do list. 
And so you've got to be able to make sure that you can actually make those things happen. Yes, for sure. And it's amazing how we've gotten away from the to-do list and actually getting those things done. And it's, right. it's hard at times, but thank you for your story. Thank you for coming on and sharing. It's powerful. And I, and I hope the listeners do take uh, some great things away from it. And uh, you enjoy your time in Italy and your future travels. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Appreciate being on the show. And if there's everything, anything I can do for you, let me know. I appreciate what you're doing as well. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Chasing Happiness podcast. Please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you.